Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show, where we interview athletes, coaches, entertainers, artists, musicians, authors, and many more on both our podcast and YouTube channels. We discuss their upbringing, careers, and what they're doing today. We document the past so the future can remember. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share our programs. Got a guest you'd like to hear? Contact us and try and get them on the program. We have over 200 episodes recorded, so please enjoy. Stories can't be remembered unless they are told. Someone asked me one time how I get my guest ideas. It's easy. Those I've had memories of in my lifetime. In a weird sort of way, it brings closure to certain times in my life. A history major at Indiana State University, I feel it's my way of preserving history for future generations to remember. Welcome to the program. Oh, now I only see his name down there. All right. Now can you hear me? Oh, there you go. Yes, I can. All right. Finally. Exactly. Yeah. So are we ready to talk? Uh, Exactly. (laughs) I actually just talked to Coach Rex Wells today. Oh, you did? I did. Did he call you or what? Uh, he called me and he, he has donated to the program and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. you Thanks know, um, from, from, you know, and I got to show you a couple of things. You know, I'm sure you have one of these. Yep, I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you have one of these? Yes, I do. You mm-hmm. do. And yep. do you have one of these? Yes, Valley Boys. You bet. <laughs> I've read all that stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Springs Valley. Um, Are you? Can Lori leave right now? Yes, she can. If you like. Okay. Okay. She just didn't want to leave and leave me hanging here. Okay. So you're all set up. Uh, and Thanks. thank you, Lori. Okay. I said thank you. Okay. And did okay. Uh, did you say something bad about Indiana State University? Well, I was going to tease you a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lordy. I I know that's where Larry went to school, so I don't say too much about that for sure. And and where did you see that behind? Why did you say Indiana State University? You know, I don't know. I must have seen, well, because Larry Bird, you know, he went there. So that's that's why. I went to IU. Uh, of course you did. Uh, what, do you think of, what do you think about the uh, Indiana University program, by the way? Well, it's on its way up. It sounds like uh, they have a pretty good team this time. You know, they, they've been down the last couple of years. I, I, wa- I used to watch every game, but I got tired of watching them lose. So uh, they got the new coach in now. So I think they're going to be better and get, get it back up to where it should be. Uh, uh, do you watch the ball games or uh... occasionally i got i kind of got off of them when they started losing all the time so (laughs) (laughs) 
I got tired of watching them because they, the, the team they had before, I don't know, they just didn't seem to make any improvement. You know, they, they brought in some really good players, but they didn't, they didn't get along very well in terms of the position on the floor or something. They just could not get a winning streak going, you know? So uh, I think the new guy is going to turn that all around though. I hope so. Uh, and I am too, because uh, he went to Broderbill High School, and so did I. Went mm -hmm. to Broderbill High School, and he was uh, coached by my coach, um, Bill Smith, who was just inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. So, okay. um, uh, Dr. Radcliffe, what does Rick Wells meant to you? Rex. Yes. Rex is Rex is everything to me. I don't know if you know all the background. But, uh, you know, we, we, I first started to, to know him when I was in elementary school and he was like a senior in high school. And uh, he was the hero of this little town, West Baden. And I was a hero worshiper. And uh, every time I'd see him, you know, walking on a campus or something, you know, I'd say, oh, I want to be like that guy. And I'd go to the basketball games, and he he was like eight years older than I was. And of course, he was a, a star player at uh, West Baden High School. And uh, I always wanted to be like him. And uh, then when he came back from the Army, or he came back before he went to the Army, got drafted, uh, he, he started to coach our our seventh and eighth grade team and we went undefeated on that team for like eight eight, eight or nine games and then and then he had to go to basic training and we sent him to germany so we finished that that seventh and eighth grade team year it's an interesting year because we played uh, 18 games i think it was and we won a big tournament over in Logoti. We won the end of the year tournament over there, and we finished up 16 and two. And uh, the only two losses we had were both of them to Huntingburg, and both of them in overtime. And that became interesting because in high school, we had to beat Huntingburg in that sectional final to get going into the regional semi-state and state. So that that's a, that's quite a story, you know that 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 we we would only lose to Huntingburg in junior high, and but we beat them in high school when when it really really counted. What was it like to play in Huntingburg and uh, you know Springs Valley? You know, tell us a little bit about the gymnasiums that you played in and. Uh, you know, that 1958 season is, is magical. It is magical. You know, when we were in junior high and playing Huntingburg, uh, Huntingburg didn't have that big gym then. Um, I remember playing Huntingburg in a little bitty uh, gym that was very similar to the one we had at Spring or at the West Baden. And then they, they were the first one in Southern Indiana to build a big, nice gymnasium like that you know i think they might have had it a year or so before we 
actually played them. And uh, that, that to us, at West Baden and French Lake, that, that, that gymnasium was like playing a Butler Fieldhouse. I mean, it, it was a huge gymnasium, you know. It was, and every time we ever played there, of course, with the sectional and regional, it was, it was packed crowds you know the big crowds and the more the more times we we won a tournament the bigger the crowd got you know so yeah we uh but we knew about those guys at Huntingburg because we had played them in junior high you know like I said in, in junior high we won 16 and lost two and we lost both of those games to Huntingburg by one point both of them were one point <laughs> so we were we were excited to play Huntingburg, and everybody thought Huntingburg was going to wipe the floor with us, and they didn't. We beat them sixty-five to forty-one. And what was it like to play in Hinkle Fieldhouse? I, I know it's not Hinkle Fieldhouse now. It no. is Hinkle Fieldhouse now, but what was it like to play in Butler Fieldhouse? It was an experience that I'll never forget, and all the all the guys will never forget. We went in, we got there at on the day before Friday. Every team got to go on the floor for an hour, hour and a half. And just being out on the floor, shooting, running your offense, things like that, that, that you've only seen in, in on TV. And uh, well, we thought we were we were hot stuff, you know, playing on that floor. And the thing was, you'd love this. When we practiced that day, two or three, four thousand people came out to watch us practice. Just practice. It was like playing in front of a big crowd. I mean, it was amazing. And uh, I don't know what the other three schools drew, but of course we were the talk of the, the whole tournament. You know, it, we were the, we were the darling team. You know, and we, when we we practiced and and we and we and we could not miss. That was the other thing I, miss, I, I wanted to tell you about is that we not only practiced and we ran our offense and everything, but all our shooting drills, we just hit it time after time after time. And I remember that Jet Cadu, who was the, the sports writer of the star, International Star, and he wrote an article about he'd never seen anybody shoot like that. He said they shot, they made every shot. You know, it was amazing how what, a lot of times, you when you when you're used to playing in a small school, you get in a big place, and it's like, whoa, my my vision is a little off. But <laughs> it was not off that day before we played Fort Wayne. I, it, we were all hot; we couldn't miss. It was amazing. And oh, man, twenty-eight and zero before you guys got beat, right? Twenty twenty-five and zero. Twenty-five and zero, um, yeah. and so. Why did you guys move to Florida? Well, my dad was a, a mailman, a, a rural mailman, had done that for like 30 years, and he had a lot of uh, arthritis and things like that. So he wanted to move to Florida for his health. And, of course, <laughs> right after that 58 season is when he was scheduled to move the family to Florida. And uh, of course, of course, I didn't want to go to Florida. And uh, Rex even told him, said, hey, he can he can stay with me. He can stay with me for the year. And my dad wasn't buying that. You know, he said, no, 
he, he's going to Florida. And boy, that, that was hard to leave because they, we had a really good bunch of guys coming back in, in 1959. They had a good team anyway. You know, uh, 59, they lost to Huntingburg by one point. If they had beaten Huntingburg that day, they might have gone right back to Indianapolis the very, the very, very year, you know. So it was hard to go to Florida. But as I look back on it, for me, it was, it was a blessing for me because we, I'll tell you a little story about what happened there. I moved to Florida. Bob Patton, who played at Orleans, he was a good basketball player. He was a guard for Orleans. And a, a player, player from Logansport, Indiana, moved to the same school as, as we did. So we had three Hoosiers in that school, that Fort, Fort Myers High School in Florida. And they had two good players coming back from the year before. So all of a sudden, Fort Myers High School in Florida was powerhouse. We had, we had five really good players on that team. And uh, so all of a sudden, we got, start having big crowds at, at our games in Florida. And they had never had big crowds because they just didn't draw. Football was a big thing down there. So when we all showed up and started playing basketball, the crowd started, started coming. We started playing really, really well. We got to the point where we, we were top ranked in the state of Florida. And uh, we, we played people like uh, Boog Powell. He used to be a major league player. He, he, was, he was on there on the team in Key West. Uh, George Myra, we played against him. Um, well, we played against a lot of guys that became famous in other sports. So we had a good schedule. We were we were in the 5A division, which they have 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, and 5A. We played 5A. And uh, so we we had a we had a great team. We had we had big crowds and we qualified the state in uh, at the University of Florida, that's where they had it. Eighteen state. We won the we won the first two rounds, and we drew Pensacola. We were top rated. We were rated number one. Pensacola was rated eight. That was the first game. They beat us on a last second shot. They hit one at the buzzer, and we're out. We're done. And uh, we, we should have won the state championship in Florida that year, just to be honest with you. We all, we all stayed up there to watch the rest of the tournament. We just couldn't believe we weren't out there winning that tournament. We should have been. We didn't play very well that, that first game, but we got beat. So what happens? How good were you at baseball? Well, I didn't play very much baseball. I, uh, I played at Springs Valley, and the best game I ever pitched down there, I was a pitcher. And I pitched the 14th in 1958, the very same year, because we beat Dubois twice, you know, that year in basketball. So we played them in baseball, and uh, we went – Don Patchick, who was their, their, center, their center on that team, Don Patchick, 
he and I were pitching against each other. We played, we played, had played basketball against each other. We went 14 innings and they scored three runs in the, in the 14th inning and Du Bois beat, beat me four, four to one. And, uh, and Don Patrick and I always talked about that, you know, that we beat you in basketball, you beat us in baseball, you know. And so I went to Florida and I, I, I played baseball, but I wasn't very good. I mean, I, I pitched a little bit. I, I just didn't have really good uh, seasons in baseball. But then when I went to college, I played baseball my freshman year, Kentucky West wins where I went to college. And I didn't pitch a lot. I, I played first base and so forth, but I didn't pitch a lot. But then my sophomore year, I had a tremendous year in baseball. I had, I pitched six shutouts in, in, uh, in the, my sophomore year in, in the baseball. And we got, we got to go to the uh, tournament. Uh, we, they sent us to Valparaiso. We played at Valparaiso in, in the NCAA Division II tournament. And uh, we got to the final game and played Valparaiso, and I pitched against them, and they beat me five to one. <laughs> they had a pitcher that was throwing smoke out there. He was, he was a really good pitcher, about six feet five, throwing the ball 95 miles an hour. And it's funny because we had a really good team. And when we played Valparaiso, this, this pitcher against us was throwing the ball 90, 95. He was really throwing the ball. The first pitch of the game, he hit our leadoff man in the head. So we didn't hit very well the rest of the game. <laughs> and, then I, and then I hurt my arm as a, as a junior. I know I had probably... Uh, some kind of injury. They didn't have all the things that they have now with rehabilitating your arm injuries and so forth. And I could barely pick up a ball. In fact, when I was a senior, I tried to pitch again. I had so much arm trouble. I had to throw. I remember the last game I played in, I, I, I pitched the, the last inning in the game and I, I didn't, I could hardly get the ball to the plate. And I, I threw nothing but knuckleballs in that one inning, all knuckleballs. And that was the end of my baseball career. But the year that was my senior year, my junior year, I had a great career in baseball. And in the summertime, I got recruited by a couple of major league teams. They wanted me to play minor league baseball, and they get they would give me a thousand dollar bonus to play. It was Detroit and Kansas City. And they both gave me the same same uh, offer. We want you to pitch. We'll give you thousand dollars, and you get what two hundred dollars a month or whatever it was. And <laughs> and uh, I I thought about that, and I said, you know, uh, I, I don't think so. I better just stay here and get my degree and move on. Because yeah, I was leery of that when they when they when they give you a, a total in in the major leagues and you're down at the bottom of, the, of their of their contacts they're they're just using you they need they need enough players to feel the team i don't think they were looking at me as a future major leaguer or anything <laughs> so i turned both of those down I, I didn't i didn't take them i just focused on basketball so 
what other choices did you have to play college basketball besides Kentucky Wesley? Well, that's a good question because it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. When you get asked to fly in, to work out, to look at campuses, all this kind of thing, all of a sudden your ego gets really big, you know? So I flew, to, I, I got flown into uh, Clemson and I worked out there on the weekend and uh, Press Maravich was coaching Clemson at the time. Pete was his dog, was his son. <laughs> and I'll tell you this story. It's, it's an old story, but it's a good story. He had another recruit come in the same time that I did on a Friday afternoon. So he assigned one of his own players to escort us around the campus and all that. So on Saturday morning of that day, of that week, he, he wanted us in the gym. He put us in the gym and we played a two on two. We, I, I learned later on, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to work out people when they come in. You, today, you can't do that. Maybe that, maybe another day that was okay. I, I don't know. Who, who knows? I didn't know anything. But on the other end of the floor, you would love this. There was nobody else in the gym. The only guy that was on the floor besides the four of us playing two on two was a manager because he was kind of in charge of us. And Press Maravich sat way up in the top so he didn't, nobody could see that he was there. <laughs> and uh, so, the, but on the other end of the floor, was this was this kid like 12 years old and we could we kept looking at him every time we looked down there he was drilling a 30-footer he made every shot that we ever he ever took and we later found out that was pete maravich you know pete Mar maravich is the all-time leading scorer all time and, and we got to see him play when he was 12 years old you should have seen him drill the ball when he was 12 years old he he was amazing <laughs> So, so we got to go to, uh, took a trip to uh, Clemson. Then the next weekend, I went to uh, uh, South, up in South Carolina. What was that other one out there? Can't think of the name of the school, but we we did the same thing there. We worked out in South Carolina, and uh, I forget who the name of the, the coach was up there. Um, at Davidson, that's what it was, Davidson. And they had just hired a new coach. And the year before, they, they had won three games and lost 21. <laughs> and he's trying to convince us to sign. And I'm thinking, three and 21? No, I'm not going to go there. And he kept saying, yep you need to come here because we're, we're building this and you're going to be surprised at how good we can be and how quickly we'll be good. But we, of course, we're 18 years old. We didn't, we didn't believe that, you know, so the very next year, I think it was the next year, they were rated number three in the country and they had an All-American. Fred Hetzel was an All-American on their team. They were, they only lost three games and, uh, I can never remember his name, the coach. But uh, anyway, they, they proved me wrong. They they were good. They were very good. The coach had come. He had just come there. He had coached at Newport News High School in, in Virginia. 
and he was trying to convince everybody that, yeah, we're going to build this program down here. But uh, of course, when we're 18 years old, we don't believe that, you know. So, but he did. He did. And that program was good. And he eventually went to Maryland, coached coach Maryland. So, uh, so that, that was two trips. And then uh, I visited Florida, Auburn, Florida Southern, and Westland, Kentucky Westland. That was my last one, was Westland. And that's the one I accepted. Because I thought I, could, I liked Westland. I liked the small uh, school atmosphere there. And they had a, a record of being very good at, in the division, level, division two level. And I liked the coach, Coach T.L. Plain. I don't know if you remember T.L. Plain or not. He coached Vincennes. Great guy, great guy. And I, I, I made the right decision. I, I, I loved Owensboro. I loved Westland. Uh, I loved playing baseball there. I loved playing basketball there. And uh, it, it, it was the right decision for me. I felt like I was a tweener. You know, I, I figured I could play Division Two and be and be happy with that. Division One, I, I didn't I didn't want to go someplace in Division One and sit on the bench for four years. You know, so uh, I, I chose I chose to play at Owensboro at uh, Kentucky Westland, and, and I'm glad I did. I really am. Two names, and maybe I'm wrong: Wayne Boltinghouse and George Tinsley. Did you play under either of those, play or with those? George Tinsley came after, after we left. He, he was one of those guys that they uh, recruited right after I left, you know, and, and in two years they won the NCAA tournament with those guys. Tinsley was a, one of the major players. So I didn't know George. Um, Boltinghouse was from Rockport. And uh, I don't know. I, I never did play against Wayne in any anything. Maybe baseball, but I, I'm not even sure that's true. But uh, I knew him. We we knew each other, but uh, I don't think we ever played against each other or or with each other. Florida, Mister Basketball, 1960, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. uh, is it as big as indiana mr basketball or tell us a little bit about that well it's selected by sports writers that's the first thing it's and uh, that that's how i got it they, they in florida what they said mr basketball was the person who got the most votes from the sports writers so i did i got the most votes for it and uh i i tell you I got to Florida just in time for them to start being a basketball powerhouse because really prior to 1958, uh, Florida's high schools, they weren't that good in basketball, you know, but we, well, we <laughs> when I moved to Florida, we, I told you we had three, three Indiana boys move in that same high school, same time called us Indiana hotshots as well. They, they named us right away. And we started packing the gyms, you know, every time we played in with full house. So right away it, it began, began to look like Indiana. You know, I mean, it was, 
popular sport. And uh, they, they, well, they, their they're, uh, way of selecting the best player in the state was for sports riders to vote on. And that's the one that got the most votes was Mr. Basketball. That's, that's, how, that's how come I got it. How did you get to Colorado? Well, my, my best friend and ally, Dr. Wells, was the one. Uh, first of all, I spent 10 years at a junior college in, in Florida, in Fort Myers, as a baseball coach and teacher. And I also, at the same time, I had come to Bloomington a couple of times, a couple of years, and were working on my doctorate. So that I, I, I wanted to be a high school administrator, a high school principal. And so I earned my PhD through IU. And, uh, and to do that, I had to take, uh, after three years at Edison Community College, which is where I was working, IU wanted me to come back for another year as part of the program to, 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 to uh, get the PhD degree. So my president of the Edison Community College said, we, we'll let you go to Indiana, but you have to promise to come back and give us at least three years. I said, well, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I would never have been able to go had they not turned me loose and let me go. And, and they paid me half salary too at the same time. So that was, that was a good deal for me. So we went back to Bloomington and we worked on the degree and we eventually got the PhD and I went back to Edison to fulfill that three, three year promise. And uh, during that, that time, I, I was re recruited by some uh, teams around the country to come and be their baseball coach, which I, I really wasn't interested in being a lifetime baseball coach. I, I wanted to be in administration by that time. I had, that's what my goal was. I remember Elon College in North Carolina flew me up there and took me to the country club and all that kind of thing and tried to get me to come up there. And I, I just didn't want to do that. And, and I was going to use that as a backup if I had to, but I, I didn't want to do it. And uh, but when when they when they gave me a year off at Edison Community College so I could go back to IU, the deal was I owed them three years. When I came back, I owed the junior college three years. So I came back and I put a couple years in and Rex called me. He called me like August the 30th, I mean, right before school started. And he said, hey, uh, I, I'm open, opening a new school here and I want you to come out and be my assistant principal and my athletic director. And I, and I, I said, man, I, the timing is awful. I, I can't, I, I still owe the junior college another year or two. And I, I remember hanging up on him and, and he hung up the phone and I, I talked to my wife like, oh man, just, just what we wanted and it didn't happen. You know, it's like, I don't know if this will ever happen again, you know? So after we got over that, I 
taught and coached baseball three more years at, at the community college. So a total of 10 years. And in 1977, school was almost the same exact thing happened about 30th of August. Rex called me again. And he said, uh, I want you to come out and be my athletic director and assistant principal. And so my wife and I flew out there, out to Fort Collins. And, and Rex and his wife uh, showed us around. And I was so impressed with Fort Collins, so impressed with um, the high school and, and just the beautiful mountains and all that kind of thing, you know. So I went back home and resigned. I resigned the first day of school at Edison Community College. And uh, we started trying to figure out how we're going to get to Colorado, you know. So Rex, Rex bailed me out after I bailed him out the first time. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's always been my best friend. I, I've, 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 uh, I have wanted to be like Rex ever since he was, he was a high school kid and I was just a little grade school kid. And Rex is maybe 10 years older than you? He's 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. and what was it like to get a court or a gymnasium named after you? Well, it was a, a total surprise. It was, it was when I retired. Uh, I, I, was at, it, I was at that high school for 26 years. I always wanted, I wanted to be a principal. That, that's what I wanted to be. And I kept getting passed over, you know, or I was a runner up, I don't know how many times, not just at, at Rocky Mountain High School, but at other schools in the, in the community. And about the time I thought, well, this is never going to happen. I'm just, I guess I'm just going to always be a, an AD or assistant principal or whatever. Uh, but it's a, it's a funny story. <laughs> Rex had already retired from education. He was working in his tax preparation business at that time. So he wasn't even there. So in 1997, we were checking all of the kids out of school. It was the last day of school. And uh, my, the secretary or the principal came into our room. I was checking out kids and checking out staff and trying to finish up the school year. She came in there and she says, superintendent wants to see you right now. And what got my attention, I thought, well, what, what happened? Is, is there something wrong? I, I, I didn't know what was going on, you know? And I said, well, why don't you call back and tell him I'm busy <laughs> and I'll be down there later. <laughs> so she comes back in there and she says, no. You, you are not going to go later. You're going to go right now. <laughs> so I did. So I got in my car and went over there. I walked into the administration building, walked up the stairs where, where the superintendent's office was. I just walked in his office and he looked at me and said, you're the new principal at Rocky Mountain High School. And then he turned back and, and was working at his desk again. He didn't say anything else about it. So I'm, I'm stunned. You know, it's like, I don't know what's going on here. I, I thought I, I thought I was never going to be the principal, and uh, so I went back to school. And uh, first thing I did was walk into Pearl's office. Pearl was his 
was the principal secretary. And I said, can you believe this? He, I just went to see the principal or the superintendent. He said, I'm the new principal. And I said to her, and she was, she was fantastic. She had been the principal for every, every uh, person that had a, ever had that job and every, every principal that ever had that job. She was the principal, she was the super, uh, the uh, secretary. Well, so I wanted to go back. I wanted her to, she was going to retire. I said, I went back into Pearl's office and I said, would you do me a favor? Would you stay with your job one more year <laughs> and, and teach me how to be a principal? <laughs> and she did. Can you believe it? She did. She, she was going to retire and she did not retire. She, she stayed one more year. And that was got like gold to me because she, she knew everything. You know how the principal secretary knows everything about school <laughs> and she taught me more in that one year than than i ever learned anyplace else it was it was just amazing so i was so fortunate that my dream of becoming a high school principal finally happened when when i when it looked like it was never going to happen you know so what did you think when timothy wright wanted to write this book well, I was excited because I thought that that book was going to be written long before that. Um, and then he, he, uh, I remember him. Yeah, there you go. I remember Tim, Tim calling us, you know, and telling us what he wanted to do. And he wanted to know, he called every, every player and Rex and all the coaches. And he wanted to know all about what was that like? Um, tell us about that year, how, how exciting it was. And we all got excited about the fact that we always thought, you know, when we watched Hoosiers on, on TV or at the movies, we always thought we should be doing that movie. We ought to be in that movie. <laughs> and uh, so we thought, well, we're not in the movie, but this is the next best thing, you know? So we were really excited and he was excited too. So, it was fun to, to relive that. What do you think would have happened if you would have stayed in Indiana, Indiana for the past, for the next two years? It would have been the biggest mistake I ever made. Uh, Junior Civet, Junior Civet, I don't know if you've ever heard that name. He, he, was, he was the superintendent at Paoli. Which that's where the opening was, was in Paoli. And Junior had, and I had, this is a funny story too. He and I had been best friends since we were little boys. He went to Paoli High School. I went to French or West Baden and then Springs Valley. And so we played baseball and basketball against each other several times during that time. And then we both went to IU in Bloomington to work on our doctorate without, without even knowing what the other person was doing. We did it at the same time. He and I were in Bloomington working on our doctorates at the same time. And so we applied for uh, oh, uh, some kind of aid as a graduate student. And we both got the same aid. We both got that. And they both 
they placed both of us in the same office. So all of a sudden, who used to be my biggest <laughs> uh, rival was now working with me, you know, and we were, and it was great because we had, we had Lori, Lori was a little baby and uh, they had, they had a little boy. So we became really good friends and we, we both got our doctorate at the same time. <laughs> it, it was just unbelievable. And he was the one that became the superintendent of Paoli that wanted me to come to Paoli to be his high school principal. That's how that worked out. <laughs> Small world, huh? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, if you could change anything, what would you change? I, I would change. I wanted to be a principal longer than four years. That, that's the only thing I would have changed. You know, when my dad wanted to move the, the family to Florida, of course, I was really a, in opposition to that. I didn't want to do that. I really believe, this is kind of a conceited remark, but I just believe that had I been back at, at uh, Springs Valley one more year, that we might have gone right back to Indianapolis again. Because they had a really great team that, in 59. Because they still had Marvin Pruitt, who was All-Stater. They had Jackie Belcher, who ended up going to LSU. They had Jimmy Conrad, who played at Purdue. They had a really good team coming back. And I wanted to be on that team because I, I really felt – we all felt like we we're gonna, we get that chance again, we're going to win the whole thing the next time. And uh, so that, that's what was bugging me, you know, was leaving – a possible Indiana State Championship, you know, to go to Florida. But I understand what my dad had to do. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that I had all the opportunities because I went to Florida, you know. So you never know. You think you know everything when you're 16 years old, but you don't. <laughs> so you possibly could have been the third most popular person in Springs Valley behind uh, Larry Bird and Jerry Reynolds. Possible, you know, it's possible. Uh, yeah, Jerry did very well. I mean, it's unbelievable what Jerry, what he did, you know? And, uh, and then of course, Marvin was a really, really good basketball player, you know? I remember uh, Mar Marvin as, as, a, as an elementary school kid, he was, he was better than any high school kid when he was in elementary school. What was it like growing up in Springs Valley? Well, it's funny. You know, there are two little school, two little towns. One is right next to the other, West Baden and French Lick. And I, I can't believe that it took them that long to, to consolidate. They should have it's consolidated long before that. But they, you know, why they didn't? Because each one of them wanted their own basketball team. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the honest truth. They uh, they couldn't give up their basketball. And as luck would have it, the year that Rex took the job as, as basketball coach, we consolidated that same year. And all of a sudden, they had some good players. We had some good players. Put them together. Now we, we really have something going there. We, we were excited. That was the most exciting year I, I think you could ever have. We won 25 straight games until we lost that final game. And uh, we, beat, we beat good teams like Gersmeyer. Princeton, Huntingburg, Vincennes, we beat all those teams. 
it was really fun. Yeah. Was uh, Slick Leonard or Tommy John on one of those teams? No, that was before before us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to watch Slick Leonard play on, on WTTV in Bloomington. <laughs> Dr. Paul Radcliffe. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And uh, uh, I think uh, there will be a lot of, of excitement and, and uh, enjoyability. I just made up a word, enjoyability, for <laughs> the program. So I'm sorry to keep you a little bit long. Thank you so much. No, I, I could talk about this all day. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I feel blessed that I was in the right place at the right time for a lot of things. And, and when Rex said, uh, you know, you ought to talk to him, I... Uh, that, that excited me even more because I got to re reveal all the kinds of things that happened, you know, so I appreciate it. Appreciate the invitation. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. You have a good day. <laughs>